According to most opinions, we're living in the age of anxiety. You know, when I read the books of the existential philosophers in the 19th century, and especially after World War II, and when they speak about the anxiety of modern man, post-industrial man, and I think about what we are living through now, not just the pandemic, but just the social media and, and, and the internet, how the internet sucks out our lives. It's so obvious why we have such anxiety, because anxiety comes from the fear of negation of one's existence. Anxiety and fear are very interrelated, not exactly the same thing, but essentially what anxiety is always is when one feels one's existence is going to be negated. And when one is so inundated by others, by others' opinions, others' noise, <clears throat> we don't need no education, teacher, we don't need a wall. That when one is forced to accept other people's ideas, opinions, noise, it completely negates one's being and could cause anxiety and tension. And today, when... <clears throat> literally every five minutes one is getting a text or another opinion. I mean, in the old days you made an appointment for to meet a friend for a week, you know, a week before and you sat for a couple hours together and discussed things. Like today, like you're so inundated. So it's obvious why we have such anxiety. And therefore, to me at least, it's obvious that to be able to really say to God, I am my beloved's, I am yours, God. One has to, at some level, work on facing one's anxiety because if one doesn't have a self, a solid individual self that one knows who one is, not just inundated by others, and again, this isn't the work of a day, this is the work of a lifetime, but one has to be striving towards to have an ani to be able to have an anila doidi. And therefore, what that means in simple English is that part of tshuva, of repentance, of returning to self, is finding the ani, to be able to say anila doidi, to have a sense of self. And why do you want God in your life? Why do you want God in your life? Do you? I mean, that's the question. That is, you know, although everyone looks for dvarters and this, and this book, that book, this schmooze. Who You as a person, do you want God as your king? And ultimately, the only way to be able to really answer yes to that in truth, again, obviously in Judaism there's a concept of Nasev and Nishma, having a mountain put over your head, doing it against your will without any questions, 100% that's all true. But that's not Tshuva Mi'ahava, that's Tshuva Mi'ira. That's returning to you are in essence out of fear. Therefore, you like do stuff. But to really say, I love God or I want to accept God as my king, one has to love, want that. The whole Rosh Hashanah is to accept God as king willingly. And therefore, to be able to do that, one has to start working on having a sense of self, of who one is as a person, other than just being inundated, like to actually ask oneself, the panemius inside, what is my relationship with God? But to be able to do that, one has to first preface and say, to be able to say, what's my relationship with God? What's my relationship with myself? Who am I as a person? Now, it's very difficult these days. It's so difficult to, to work on, to not give in to all the forces that try to negate 
our feeling of self and wanting to live. These days I've seen that Viktor Frankl's book and Edith Edgar's book, The Choice, those type of books about the, 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 the choice to choose life and to be say yes to life, to the beauty and wonder of life in spite of everything under all circumstances. It's very, very popular these days because of the pandemic, but also because we're so inundated that it's hard to really come to a sense of self. Now, I'm personally reading a book about this very topic by an existential theologian from the 50s, one of the greatest, isn't it, for a great Protestant theologian by the name of Paul Tillich. And the name of the book is The Courage to Be. It's one of the most important books I've ever read. It's not an easy one, but one of the things he says here, some beautiful ideas, is that this concept of the need to affirm the self, the courage to be, the courage to be a self, and not like Kierkegaard spoke about having despair of having a self, so Paul Tillich in this book, The Courage to Be, brings from Spinoza that Spinoza says that, the, quote, the power whereby each particular thing and consequently man preserves his being is the power of God. Spinoza explains, because of Spinoza's idea of the imminence of God, that because each being is godliness, obviously Spinoza didn't say it right. Like Rav Cook says, Spinoza was like, before Chesidus, so he didn't have the Oasis, he didn't have the way that Chesidus explains, but but he's saying the same idea that <clears throat> that each particular thing preserves his own being as the power of God because each thing, like it says the last mission of Perkyovis, whatever God created, every particular being, every God created is for his glory. So by the soul recognizing itself, it recognizes its being in God. Now, of course, as Spinoza explains, self-affirmation is affirmation of one's essential being, who you really are, not what's been imprinted into you. And the knowledge of one's essential being has to be mediated through reason, through work, through the mind, through introspection, the power of the soul to have ideas. We have to figure out who we are as adults, as mature people. That's, that's a whole avoida. And that exactly is what Spinoza calls courage. Courage is the desire whereby every man strives to preserve his own being accordance solely with the dictates of his own reason, meaning that you figure out who you really are. Now, that's not easy, and that's why already Nietzsche in the 19th century has a whole book called The Will to Power, which is usually misunderstood, but The Will to Power means the same idea of the philosophy of life. Life in the term is the process in which the power of being actualizes itself. And in Thus Spake Zarathustra, Nietzsche has a whole chapter called The Preachers of Death, where he points to the different ways in which life is tempted to accept its own negation. Quote, They meet an invalid or an old man or a corpse, and immediately they say, Life is refuted, but they only are refuted, and their eyes, which seeth only one aspect of existence, because life has many aspects. Life is ambiguous, and Nietzsche has all philosophy about that, because Nietzsche already saw when people were moving to the cities, there was a loss of individualism. But, you know, as I'm reading this book, I'm understanding more and more why the Lubavitcher Rebbe of our generation was so adamant and he stressed so many times that even though all of Chassidus is about bittel nullification, which we've learned many times, doesn't mean that you don't exist. It means you don't exist as something other than God. But the Rebbe was adamant to always say that that doesn't mean that that negates you. Because you 
are one with God. Your existence, your essential being, who you are as a person is one with God. Your very being, as you are, is Hashem. Tshuva means to recognize that. That the deepest face of you is the same as the face of God. As panecha Hashem avakesh, how do you seek God's face? When your heart says to seek your essential being. So the Rebbe, especially to our broken generation, would speak so many times about this idea of the need to affirm the self. And especially this time of year of Elon Rosh Hashanah, where unfortunately, you know, I learned in yeshivas where there are a lot of preachers of death. A lot of preachers of death that are dying to negate other people's lives because their lives are so negated for so many different reasons. And we have to, especially this year and especially with our children, make sure to affirm life. Anila doidi. Anila doidi means I. There's an I, a real I, to be able to accept God as king. That's the only way to have a Rosh Hashanah. That's what Shuva is.